Podcast. I'm your co-host, Justin Gambrell, joined by Chase Clam. Uh, Chase, how are you doing on this beautiful, beautiful Monday? Well, I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty well. Vols had another rough, disastrous weekend. Uh, I'm not sure why anyone ever thought we could win, much less be favored on the road. But here we are, um, just a little bit hopeless. But... Our county teams had um, some good luck this weekend, three out of four wins. So um, we're just ready for Monday. We're ready for a good week. So let's go ahead and get into the the Vols here. Uh, Vols going on the road to take on Arkansas. Uh, Vols looked pretty good at the beginning of the game. I thought they were going to be able to take care of business, and then, like usual, the wheels fell off. Um, What are your uh, takeaways from the game on Saturday? Oh, you know, like you said, they started off well, and it just slowly got just got out of reach, and the Vols couldn't do anything. Uh, JG got hurt, I believe, so they brought in Maurer, and he, I don't think he did very well. Then they went with Bailey, and boy, did he throw that checkdown route good, and it just got out of it. Just got to where the Vols were not in reach, and um, you've got to think, you know, you've kind of got to start to wonder if Jeremy Pruitt's the guy when you check ESPN and Hugh Freeze has got Liberty seven and zero. Uh, when Sam Pittman, a first-year coach, has got Arkansas going, um, and as much money as we pay our assistants and our head coach, for that matter, um, on paper we have the staff um, that you would want. I think you know you have Jim Chaney, but you know what a lot of people say is, well, you know, there's a reason you got him from Georgia because they were tired of him. Uh, you've got T. Martin, you've got Jeremy Pruitt, who's been under Saban, um, but you're starting to lose a little bit of hope, a lot of hope, actually. Yeah, it really seems like, you know, Arkansas, who's three and three right now, you know, that I think that's the baseline you want for the Vols in like their first year. So Pittman's on track. I feel like in Arkansas, he's got Felipe Franks at quarterback. Uh, They're doing a lot of the things there to uh, accentuate the positives for Franks and kind of hide those negatives. I just don't feel like the, the Tennessee coaching staffs have been able to do that with their quarterbacks. I think we've seen some situations where uh, Garantano succeeded. I feel like there's some situations where he may uh, be more comfortable, and it may be like in a run-focused offense. But what they're doing with him out there, it just seems like once they get down a score or two, it feels like it's over for UT. Yeah, maybe that's a maybe that's a loser mentality. But you know, you're in year three, so you've got the majority of your guys should be there. And it shouldn't be – it just shouldn't be that way. Year three, you should be competing for the East. I mean, if if that's what you're shooting for, I mean, you shouldn't be battling to have a 500 record or less than is what it looks like now for the Vols in year three. Um, you know, I know people say stuff takes time, but you've got to start, you know, producing sooner or later, and the Vols just aren't doing that. Yeah, it's, I think that's always going to be the big indictment about Pruitt is – you know, he, he's been able to recruit really well. Um, you've been able to put athletes all over the place, but he just can't figure out that quarterback position. And I don't know what's worse. If if JG is your best option at quarterback, what does that say about your ability to recruit or your ability to develop quarterbacks? So as we had talked about with uh, Basilio when he had hopped on with us, he felt like they didn't think that Harrison Bailey was the guy either. So what are we doing at quarterback over at UT? Well, first off, I like that you said we. I know that means you're a closet fan. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if JG is the best you can put out there, that's an indictment on you in two ways. That one, you can't get him ready to play. He has not improved at all. And two, the people that you have brought in aren't capable enough or aren't good enough or haven't progressed enough to take over that role. There was that the quarterback for Indiana that we got to decommit because he just didn't fit the system. He balled out yesterday. Um, but Jeremy Pruitt's who you want on paper. He's a football guy. He really doesn't screw around as far as, you know, he doesn't kid around a lot. Um, he's all about football. And like you said, he's brought in recruits. He's brought in talent. He just can't mix the ingredients together right now. He can't bake the cake. Yeah, I think Pruitt's one of those guys who's a starter coach. Kind of uh, build the program up, and then when you're ready to compete, you move on from him. Uh, the question is, at this point, is there enough talent in the cupboard there to entice some other coach to come around? Even like, you know, I know he freezes the popular name, and I don't even know if, you know, the Tennessee Brass would want to go after him, but can you reel in a big-name coach? at this point with the way the roster's set up? I think gone are the days of getting the big fish. I mean, we haven't really reeled one in since Fulmer left. Um, people thought that was Lane Kiffin. Um, and then he bolted, which I think he'd crawl back to Knoxville. Um, and, you know, I, we you hear people say we go after the big fish. We just can't reel them in. And that was evident we had to hire Dooley. We had to hire Butch. And with the debacle that was hiring – um, Jeremy Pruitt and all the craziness that that went in there. I think Tennessee's tried to get big names as their coach, but I mean they have the facilities, they have everything you want. They got the fan base, the facilities, the history. Um, I mean, you, I've been to other um, SEC uh, arenas and stadiums, and you know, and, and a lot doesn't compete with Neil. I know there's some that do, but there's a lot that are garbage. You know, you can't tell me that the swamps nicer than Neyland Stadium or that can uh, Kroger Field at in Lexington. I mean, Tennessee is a is a dream job for people, and uh, we just can't seem to get the right coaches there for it. Let's move on to a uh, more successful Tennessee team this weekend, and that was the Titans defeating the Bears. Uh, the Bears climbed back into it later on, but the Titans really dominated this one throughout. Uh, which was something you definitely wanted to see after they stumbled against the Bengals last week. Uh, they were more in control on this one the entire time. That may be because uh, the Bears are one of these teams that, despite having a winning record, they really don't look like a team that's going to uh, go deep in the playoffs uh, at all. So the Titans took care of business. they got to feel good about that. Uh, Desmond King, who they had brought in, uh, with a trade, I think they gave up a, it was either a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So Titans have got to be feeling better than how they were last week, um, especially in a division that you just, there's really no good teams uh, left there. The, the Colts struggled with the Ravens. I still think it's the Titans division to lose at this point. I agree, Gamber. I think the Titans, you know, they're, they're the team to beat. They had their struggles last week. Um, but they battled back from adversity, picked up a big win today. Um, you still like to see Derrick Henry and Tannehill doing their thing. Uh, they, they, they trimmed some fat off this week. Who was it they got rid of? Uh, they got rid of Vic Beasley, who was one of their big free agent signings. Uh, but he and uh, Jonathan Joseph, who 
Joseph was a first round pick from the the Bengals, so we had seen him before. I think he's he's just too long in the tooth. But that Beasley signing, I, I really feel like the Titans expected him to come in and make some waves, uh, be a great pass rusher, and they just haven't had any pass rush this year at all. The same with Clowney. I mean, they gave him tens of millions of dollars, and I don't think he's he's yet to produce much of anything other than cashing a check. Yeah, um, it looks like they're just going to have to lean on their offense. Now, you played the Bears today. Uh, the Bears' offense is horrendous, so they took care of business there. Um, just going to be a reliance on that, that offense uh, being balanced the rest of the way, and uh, hopefully they can make a deep run. But if you're asking me if they can win some games in the playoffs, it just doesn't seem like this year's Titans team is the same as last year's where they could just run all over people and the defense was tough. The defense seems really bad this year. Yeah. Had the Bears played backup quarterback Tyler Bray, the outcome may have been different. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could have. Um, I just – the Bears are, are kind of like the, the Vols of the NFL, except without the wins, really, it feels like. Uh, they just can't figure out the quarterback position. There's talent in other places, but um, – you know they'll just they'll just have to figure that one out whether it's see the draft or a trade. But at this point, uh, Titans have got to feel good, especially looking at the the rest of the way on the schedule, getting to play teams like the Jaguars, like the Texans. Um, so I, I would imagine they would finish in pretty good uh, standing for the playoffs down the line. Tighten up, baby. I like it. All right, so let's uh, let's shift a little bit. Uh, one of the biggest underdogs in the in the country, little old Clemson, went on the road to uh, take on Notre Dame Saturday night. Uh, Dabo could not get it done, but this time it wasn't the offense that was the problem. It was the defense. They couldn't stop Notre Dame at all. Notre Dame gets a big win on the road and sets themselves up pretty nicely to possibly make a playoff run this year. In the words of our good friend Brian Matthews, it's a good day to be Catholic. <laughs> Notre Dame with a huge win. Like you said, you score 40 points, you ought to be able to win any ball game out there from the time you're five years old to the time you're in the NFL. Um, the offense came to play. They, I mean, they put up points without, without Trevor Lawrence, and that was the big – that's going to be the one knock on Notre Dame for winning this game, him not playing, but they had to win this game to get considered for a playoff spot in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you got to wonder if Clemson's going to be able to work their way back in just because of how bad the rest of the ACC is at this point. Um, but Notre Dame is definitely setting themselves up well. Um, we'll see how things go like the ACC championship. So, um, but, but at this point, Notre Dame... If they can keep it going, because they've been kind of erratic. Their their good games have been really, really good, but their bad games have been rough. So they've got to watch out for one of those games where they might sleep through it and barely survive or get upset. A game like they had against Louisville a few weeks ago. But at this point, Notre Dame's sitting pretty, and Clemson's got some ground to make up because I just don't know if they can get enough big wins uh, to work their way back in. And it would not surprise me uh, to see both of these teams later on in the season um, maybe trying to decide who represents the ACC. I think you made um, me again, bro. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next story. We mentioned it a little bit last week in our Week in Review 
but the NBA has confirmed a late December start for this season. Uh, we worried if the players would be upset with that. And you still may see players uh, not playing through the first month or so. Uh, I know LeBron had mentioned, like, you know, since they had made their deep run, maybe he'd rely on Anthony Davis more at the beginning of the season. He might not play as many games, which is understandable considering uh, the length of time they spent the the bubble uh, last, gosh, a month ago. Is it two months ago? I don't even know. I've lost track of time at this point. It's all a blur. It was like we celebrated my birthday in January, and now we have a new president, and I don't know what happened in between. Yeah, it feels like I've been on a a spring break for about eight months now. I just just feel bad for LeBron James. He's he's really got a rough life, and uh, I just hope he's able to be well-rested enough to to be able to play in those games and make all that money. I really feel terrible for him. Um, I didn't, I did think it would be a question, but I think owners push back enough that they want to set up a situation where they can start the season and not compete with NFL or college football. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why I feel like the ratings were down. And a lot of these, a lot of people have asked why, you know, why are sports ratings down so much? But if you go back and maybe go like four years ago, there was a certain event four years ago that made the ratings go down and a, probably an event four years before that. Uh, it seems like sports ratings always go down in election years just because there's so much coverage as far as that's concerned. So uh, all these, the naysayers about the ratings and everything, I think it's just a cyclical thing. And I think those will bounce take back. Take unmitigated shot at Clay Travis? No, I would never. Did you just call him out on the, call him out on the podcast? I, I have nothing to say to Clay Travis. You know you listen to him to go to bed at night. No, I don't. Clay Travis. I, I, if, I feel, if I feel the need to, like if I'm sick at my stomach and I know I need to throw up, I'd probably turn him on at that point. Just to push you over the edge? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the next interesting thing that Clay Travis says will be the first interesting thing he said. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, getting back on the NBA, I think they've you know they really they've got to get back on schedule, and I think that also could be necessary for the early start right before Christmas. There's all the games on Christmas, and once they can finish this season up, then maybe they can get back on on track to what it was pre-COVID as well. Yeah, there was some discussion about pushing it back to in order to get more fans into the arenas. But at this point, I don't necessarily think that the owners feel like they're going to be able to. So now they've decided, let's go ahead and start it up in December. Let's get the schedule back on track, and then we'll work on it from there. So that seems to be the the major belief here. Um, Let's go ahead and finish things up with a little high school talk. Uh, we, We will discuss some of the games that happened Friday night on Thursday's podcast. But a big, big little uh, news item that came out was our new region realignments for uh, our East Tennessee teams. Some things are staying the same. Some things are changing. Let's go ahead and look at the Region 2 setup for football. Um, So this is for our Morgan County and Roan County listeners. Uh, new Class 1A Region 2 lineup is Coalfield, Greenback, Harriman, Jellico, Midway, Oakdale, Oliver Springs, and Sunbright. So you still got a ton of teams up there in Region 2. 
that could affect scheduling for some teams. Uh, but for the most part, things are staying the same there. But uh, other coaches, I, I won't mention any by name, but they are now scrambling to figure out their non-region schedules for next year. Um, so that I, I still think that'll be a very competitive region uh, with a lot of good games in it. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but um, kind of like to mix up some new, some fresh faces uh, that you get to play. Some teams moving up into two A, um, specifically for in 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 Rockwood's region. Um, that's going to prove for some trouble for some scheduling, like you said. Uh, but I have faith in our in our coaches in Rome County to be able to to uh, fix that and put together a good schedule for next season. Um, moving up to Class Two A, this is Region Two now. You've got Oneida, Rockwood, and Wartburg second round, but gone is Cumberland Gap, and Bye. gone is Meigs County. Bye. And jumping in is Monterey and Alvin C. York Institute. Um, the the road travel probably won't change that much if you swap out Meigs and Cumberland Gap for those two. You're just going to go west and set north and south. Uh, still a competitive region there still five teams in it uh, as are most of the other teams around like Cumberland Gap is now in a four team region because of the Sullivan school shutting down um, have to imagine that it's still going to be as competitive as it has but there are definitely some people who are happy that Meigs County is not in the region anymore yeah I'd say there's a lot of people happy that Meigs isn't in the region anymore that's going to make for some interesting road trips, Gambrell. You know what I'm talking about. We can't say it on air. <laughs> That's going to make some long road trips. Coach K is probably ske- uh, looking up and scouting the restaurants around those places right now. He he might want to try out diners, drive-ins, and dives and see if there's any on the on the road he can stop by. Well, here's you know the big thing about Coach K is he does not want to try. Um. He doesn't want to try the the hole in the wall places. He's more of a chain restaurant guy. Typical, typical <laughs> chain restaurant guy, Coach K. All right. So um, your other region that is set up for one of our teams that is um, up in Class Three A, Region Two. Got Alcoa, Austin East, Gatlinburg, Pittman, Kingston, Northview Academy, Pigeon Forge, and Union County. Um, not much changing here, uh, to be honest. Uh, pretty much the, the regulars are hanging in here, uh, and it's still probably going to go through Alcoa for the foreseeable future. Yes, and um, I'm, I guess I was wrong. I've been wrong. Um, Alcoa staying in 3A, staying in that region. I know there had been some, some push to maybe um, get Kingston into a different region um, that maybe lined up a little bit better for them. Um, that is not the case. Um, but a lot of things staying the same in 3A. Absolutely. And then there are some changes um, in basketball. So let's uh, let's take a little peek at that. This will be for basketball uh, and baseball and some of the other sports that, uh, that are worried about that. Uh, softball would be an example. Uh, so, if we start there, let's go down and jump back into District 1 because this one's a little different than the last one. Um, so, this and reminder, this is for basketball and baseball and softball. So, in this one in Class Single A, 
District 3, you've got Coalfield, Jellicoe, Oliver Springs, Onada, Sunbright, and Wartburg. And then in District 4, you've got Greenback, Harriman, Midway, Oakdale, Rockwood, and Tennessee School for the Deaf. Um, so those have changed a little bit. Um, we always had a feeling that they were going to break up the basketball district at this point, just because there were so many teams in it. Um, but you've got to think that the at least the Morgan County teams are happy that they're paired up with the other Morgan County teams, and most of the Rome County teams are sticking together too. Really fired up about it, Gambrell. Really fired. <laughs> it sounds like Norman is very fired up about it. <laughs> Norman, dang it, Norman! We're trying to record a podcast, you animal. Norman wants to get on. He wants to get some of the the shine from the Game Day podcast. Maybe Puppy Chow will be our new sponsor. <laughs> um, changing up to to Class Two A. Uh, Kingston will be in a district with Loudon, McMinn Central, Meigs County, Sweetwater, and Teleco. Uh, so that definitely changes in basketball. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, a lot of new faces in that district for them. And uh, instead of going north a lot, going towards uh, Knoxville, they'll be going south now. Yeah, again, bro, inter- interested to see the addition of McMinn Central. Um Later, girls basketball wise, they've got a history of you know state tournament runs and uh, putting out some pretty good basketball players. I'm not sure that's been the case as of late, but still, it'll be interesting to see all those new faces in that region. Absolutely. So, um, let's go ahead and get into our stock up and stock down. Uh, as a very positive person myself i'm excited to hear about your stock ups this week how many we got this week jace well we've got two we got one that's got a few parts to it uh stock one we touched on it earlier i hate to even do it It just it just crawls all over me but the notre dame fighting irish as they picked up (laughs) a huge victory in honor of brian matthews they stormed the field covid did not exist once they stormed the field everything was safe um so nobody nobody was exposed um, that's a big win, seriously, though, for them to have a shot at the college football playoff. You know the big TV channels want them there, you know, ABC, CBS, whoever. They want they want Notre Dame in there for the ratings. They had to win that game, even though Clemson was minus their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who wanted to come to Tennessee, but nobody's recruited him. That's a different story. Big win for the Fighting Irish. They'll meet again in the ACC championship game. And even if they lose, they might still have a case to be that fourth team in the playoff. My final stock up for the week is our three Roan County football teams who advanced the second round of the playoffs. Rockwood with a huge win against Happy Valley. Kingston ekes one out against Chucky Doak. And Oliver Springs lay the smack down to Jellico. Unfortunately, Midway uh, lost the nail-biter to Cloudland. We talked about that being a tough matchup for them. Um, and it proved to be so, but a great season uh, for Ron Treadway and the Midway Greenways. We always like to support them. And, Gambrell, the road gets harder for the three remaining teams um, as Rockwood travels to South Green. Alcoa takes on – the Kingston Yellow Jackets take on Alcoa. We know that's going to be a tough one. And Oliver Springs will have to take that long, long drive to Cloudland. And those are my two stock ups for the week. All right, and we'll move into stock downs. I've got two of those as well. 
number two stock down for me uh, is the Georgia quarterback situation. Um, you know, they have the talent, but it's starting to feel like the Garantano effect with Stetson Bennett. Not sure he's that great of a quarterback. I think he flashed for a week or two. But at this point, you've got to figure it out. You've got to see what else you have there because he's not going to be good enough to get you deep into a playoff run. And now you're behind the eight ball, considering that you just lost to Florida, um, who has the goods over there at quarterback for them. Georgia doesn't. Georgia is kind of in the second place in the arms arms race in the East. So the Georgia quarterback situation is a big stock down for me. It's going to be the major flaw for them. Stock down number one is a move that coaches do that blows my mind and annoys me so badly. Bring it, game, bro. Bring it. It's calling timeouts to ice kickers. Ah. We saw this uh, play into things on Saturday in the Liberty-Virginia Tech game. Um. Liberty was lining up to kick a game-winning field goal. Uh, They kick the field goal. It's blocked. Virginia Tech takes it back for a touchdown to win the game. But, oh, no, Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech's coach, called a timeout right before they kicked it. So it negated the touchdown. Two plays later, Liberty kicks a game-winning field goal, wins the game. Please stop icing kickers. He iced his own team. It's just the worst. Um you know, you, you have so many situations where you know that the kicker is going to at least get a free kick there to try and judge things. Um, and I, I would much rather have a kicker go up there, not know the situation, let them take a hack at it, instead of calling a timeout when you know that they'll probably get a snap off and get a practice kick. Uh, it let it, them think about getting iced. Reverse Yeah, it just... It just uh, it very rarely works out, it feels like. So I just, I don't understand. It's, it's like throwing goal line fades for me. The worst play in football. Uh, it never works out that often. So uh, a big stock down to uh, to these coaches who are overthinking things for me. He fakes the ball. He fakes the fake. <laughs> he thinks about faking. I don't know where I am. Well, I'll tell you where you are. And if you are needing a little insurance help, you're definitely at Shelter Insurance down in Rockwood. Tell us a little bit about Shelter, Chase. Okay. For all your local insurance needs, give Mark Clem at Shelter Insurance a call today at 354-3504. If you need life, auto, home, renters, motorcycle, whatever your insurance needs may be, give Mark a call today at Shelter Insurance. Seek shelter today. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into fact or fiction. I've got three statements here today. We'll see if Chase and I agree with those statements, if we feel otherwise. So let's go ahead and get into it. We talked about Notre Dame earlier uh, and how they were set up for the college football playoff at this point. Chase, here's my big question. Is this the year that a non-Power 5 conference is represented in the college football playoffs? If there's any year, Gamer, I'm going to go fact that it is. I can't tell you who it's going to be, but with this year being as crazy as it is, um, you're seeing a few teams that are above the rest, and everybody else is just kind of, you know, throw it to the wall and see what sticks. Um, It's hard to project who's going to win and lose in a bunch of these games. Um, 
just because I think of what, what everybody's been going through. Um, so if there's ever going to be a non-Power 5 team in the playoff, this is the year. Just go ahead and say it, Chase. Say the team. You know who you know who I want you to say. The Bearcats. The That's Bearcats. Right. I jinxed uh, them, baby. Cincinnati, who uh, who picked up a big commit today or yesterday from uh, Isaiah Cox out of Alcoa. They've been killing it on the recruiting trail. They've been blowing teams out. Um, Cincinnati's probably your number one chance of a non-Power 5. Uh, but BYU has been playing really well. They destroyed Boise State Friday night. Uh, so BYU could also be that team, but it feels like they're just going to shuffle the deck uh, as far as it's concerned with the the Power 5 teams up top. Uh, Cincinnati beat Houston by 28 yesterday and dropped a spot. So uh, at this point, I'm not sure that they can get any higher than 6 or 7. So I, I imagine those Power 5 conferences do not want one of these group of five teams interrupting their playoffs this year. Oh, they don't want them in. Make make no doubt about it. They don't want them in there. Yeah, the uh, Clemson actually losing to Notre Dame, I think, hurts them because they still are going to keep Clemson up there in striking distance. So I'd imagine that uh, regardless of what these, these uh, group of five teams do, I just don't think they're going to be able to break in. So, uh I mean, they'll probably go and play in the Cotton Bowl and, and compete with one of these other uh, big Power 5 teams, but I, I just can't see them breaking in this year. Uh, let's go to our second factor fiction, and this is not necessarily a factor fiction as it is a question. All right, so Nick Saban, I think we can agree he is the best coach in the SEC, correct? Correct. Okay, so we'd say that part of it is fact. Here's my my question on this who's the second best coach in the sec that's a great question gambrell <laughs> let me just tell you who it's not let's just process my elimination so we're gonna we're gonna knock it down let's start you go ahead i know who number one is that's definitely not the best coach jeremy pruitt oh that's not even who i would go with mike leach oh yeah 100 percent. so he's off the list must yes. off the list yes whoever uh mason he's off the list yes um, okay, so they're off. So that leaves you with Kiffin, Mullen. No, he, he's definitely not it. Kiffin, Mullen, Coach O, Sam Pittman. Pittman's not it. Drinkwitz from Missouri is not he's it. He's not it. Give me, um, give me, uh, it's not freak. It's not Kirby. It's not uh, you know, this is not going to be a very popular opinion. It might be Stoops at Kentucky. That is not a popular opinion. It's not a popular opinion, but I do think he really does a good job with limited resources up there. I don't know, Gambrell. I get, God. It, it's been a bad year for old Eddie O down at LSU. Eddie O would be my pick, but dang, I don't <laughs> know. He's just, he lost a lot. Let's be real. He lost a lot. A hundred percent. He did. Give me come. I'm Coach O. I'm going Coach O. He's a national Going champion. with Coach O? Yeah. Coach O. Yeah, it's just, I don't, there's no real easy answer here. I just don't. I mean, who do you, I'm, I, Dan Mullen is obviously the coach of the second best team in the SEC, I think. Um, but that does not necessarily mean that he is the second best coach in the SEC. I, I just don't, I just don't know. 
I mean, I think Sam Pittman's doing a great job at Arkansas. Do I think he's the second best coach in the SEC? No. Who would you want coaching the Bearcats from the SEC if it wasn't Nick Saban? There in live your answer. This is a very hard question. My, my, how the turntables. Hmm. Um. I don't know. Lane Kiffin. Thank you. I don't know. For entertainment purposes, uh, it may be Lane Kiffin. He's the man. He's uh, he's always interesting, and that's that's more than you can say for a lot of these other coaches. Uh, Orgeron may be up there, too, as far as entertainment value, but I don't see that. I think Orgeron plays down in Baton Rouge. I'm not exactly sure what the... Uh, what the response is in a place like Cincinnati. <laughs> Crushing Red Bulls and ripping your shirt off and um, gallivanting with co-eds? I mean, Fickle Fickle is a, like a fiery guy, but he's a different type of fiery. Orgeron's the type to wrestle alligators. Uh, Fickle was a, a high school wrestler and went undefeated in Ohio. So it's just totally different, but uh, but it might, be, it might be Orgeron. It might be Kiffin. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, all right, our last fact or fiction uh, this week is National Chicken Soup for the Soul Day. Oh, God. Speaking of soup, I'm making a claim that loaded baked potato soup is the best soup out there. Fact or fiction? That's a fact. I thought you were going to say chili was a soup. Chili's not a soup. Chili is not a soup, but I don't like it when it's too soupy. No, no, no. But you're right. Loaded potato soup. I can't think of any other soup I would want. Gumbo is gumbo. Um, yes. Tomato soup. I don't know anybody would ever want tomato soup. Chicken noodle soup is good, but it's too much. It's too it's too soupy. I feel like if you have a cold or something, uh, chicken chicken noodle soup's good. But oh, do okay. I want to eat it normally? Probably not. Chicken and dumplings not a soup. What's the one that they mix up noodles and uh, ground beef and tomatoes and? Um, it's like goulash or something. Yeah, I just don't. I, I think it's loaded potato soup. I think loaded potato soup is is the best. And um, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with O'Charlie's as the best available. Side sealed and delivered. Yeah, O'Charlie's so very underrated. So, do you like it with potatoes or hash browns? Um, give. I'm going to go potatoes. I, I like it with potatoes more. Just bring me all the more the merrier. Yeah, give me a an, a nice roll to dip it in. Oh my gosh, can't get any better than that. Dang, it's about to get explicit. We'll have some uh, we'll have some hot takes on the best uh, dinner rolls out there in a future uh, episode, though. Can't wait! <laughs> can't wait for the Thanksgiving breakdown, Mount Rushmore. Oh, uh, let's see. What is that? Two weeks away? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it'll be here before you know it. You think we can get our friends at the Sports Animal, Josh and Will, to come on and do that with us? Oh, that'd be great. That would be. I I bet I, I bet Kay and Webb would, would 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 listen. They'd subscribe to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. So, uh, Chase, we're gonna we're gonna try something new this week. We're introducing a new sponsor. Okay. Welcome to the family. Tell us about. Welcome. It. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, and tell you a little bit about the website that we actually post our podcast through, and that's Anchor 
anchor.fm. All right, we're back here on the Game Day podcast. Uh, we are getting into our hypothetical questions in our Cut to the Chase segment. Uh, Chase, uh, we've got some uh, some exciting questions for you this week. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with football, basketball, or the goofiness? Give me the goofiness. I need to pick me up for this weekend. So you're, you want to go in and finish with UT football or UT basketball? I want, a- I want the dagger. I want to save the worst for last. Okay. So this is a popular question. Uh, a lot of people would have asked this to in classes to make them think about stuff, but here you go. All right, you've got a dinner with three people, dead or living. Cannot be with a family member, though. Who are your three people? All right, I'm going to go all living. Okay. Just for the record, it would be different if they were dead. I'm going to go all living. All right. I'm going to go James Taylor, the greatest singer-songwriter of all time. Overrated. I'm going to go with Denzel Washington. Oh. The greatest actor of all time. Wow, that's aggressive, but okay. I'm just saying. I mean, hey, this is my this is my this is my segment. Uh, it is. It's all about you, like and, always. And then, finally, because I just because because I was just reading something and he's fresh on my mind, I'm going to go with George W. Bush. That'd be an interesting dinner. I don't know. You know, that's a that's a generational singer songwriter. Um, that is an actor who has been uh, pretty solid movies throughout his career. And that's a president who, whether you liked him or not, um, I think did a good job uh, unifying our country in a in probably one of the most tragic events of our lifetime. I thought you were going to go with, uh, with Derek Dooley, <laughs> LeBron James, <laughs> and Butch Jones. God, that would be a dinner. I thought that was going to be your three there for a minute. That would be a disastrous dinner. What? A, you know, I'm what? trying to think of your if we had to rate the top three people you'd least likely to have dinner with. I'm I'm trying to figure out who that'd be. Oh my gosh! Least likely, Aaron Kraft from Ohio State who <laughs> caused the downfall of Bruce Pearl. Oh, you're not you're not inviting Bruce to dinner. Uh, I'm not inviting W. I'm sorry, you're off. You're off the list. Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl's back. Wow. But is is Big Gulp coming with him? He's got. We got to make room for Big Gulp. What about Donnie Tindall? Donnie Tindall would be good. Um, he just might like come in hot with some like some hot Rolexes or some flip yeah. phones. You know, some burner phones. I would definitely. I would probably have to bite the bullet and sit down with with LeBron. Um, yeah, but probably not. Much rather sit down with <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> Dang. But Aaron Kraft has probably caused the downfall of Bruce Pearl, so he would not be. He's not ever getting a Christmas card from me anytime soon. So I'm, I'm assuming you're not going to have barbecue at this dinner then. If Bruce wants it, if Bruce hey, wants it's it, just it's just barbecue. Listen, give me Lane Kiffin and Bruce Pearl tomorrow, and I'll ship out the Deacon and and prove it tomorrow. Can't can't believe you throw them under the bus like that. Sometimes sometimes you got to fall on the sword for the greater good. He's no Todd Raleigh. He's no he's no Todd Raleigh or uh, Conzo Martin. That'd be the most boringest dinner of all time with Conzo wow. Martin 
The only person that enjoyed that would be Coach K's guy. I can't believe you'd call him out like that. Friend of the program, Paul Kamakawa. All right, so uh, so are we going to stick with basketball for your next question, or do you want to go football? Let's do football. Let's get let's let's we'll end it on a brighter note. Okay. If I could give you the opportunity to win one national championship for the Vols in the next ten years, but every other year you're going winless, would you take it? Yes, it would be in foot. Would it be in basketball or football? This is a football, so you get one year where you win the national championship in football, but the other nine years you don't win a single game. Bring it on. Bring it on. Wow. What if I tell you that the championship is in the 10th year? I mean, we're, if that's the case, we're already on about year seven. <laughs> so what's a few more? No, I so, at a national championship at all costs. Okay, what if I change it and I say – if I could give you the opportunity to play in the national championship. Myself? No, just just the team. No, I'm not guaranteeing you a win. Oh, then I don't want it. Then I don't want it. I want you, the w. You gotta have the win. I want the W. All you don't, you don't have enough confidence in them to get there and win it? No. No. Heavens. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Well, I, all. I just thought... I. I the whole, I feel like the other nine years of just no competition, you're just terrible. I don't, I just don't know if it'd make up for it. Eh, what the heck? But as like, I, if you ask an Alabama fan, they're going to laugh at you probably and say, no way, I'm taking the national championship because we'll probably be there anyway. Yeah, they are. They're um, going to be there every other year anyway, if not every year. Yeah, I feel like depending on the fan base, they're going to answer that question differently. True. Like that. if you go talk to somebody from like Kent State or something, they're taking that natty every time. Every time, baby. Every time. All right. So let's go get into the basketball for the last one. All right. Let's say that you are in charge of the roster for this year's Tennessee basketball team. They come to you and they say, Chase. We can give you one player. We've, we've built this time machine. You can have one player from the past that will come back and play with this year's team at their peak. What person is it? In my lifetime or like, we're going to say. We're I'm saying like, in your lifetime, Bernard King, not an option. Here. Not an option. Chris Lofton. Chris, I knew it's who you are going to say. It's got to be Chris Lofton now. There's been some there's been some all star rosters back in the day, um, but I'd probably have to go with with Chris Lofton just because of his leadership, um, his productiveness, his his three point range, uh, just all around as as a player. Um, probably Skylar McBee probably have to be second. Yeah, I'm. Are you sure you don't want to go Stephen Pearl? <laughs> it's it's a toss up between Genis Grindstaff, Stephen Pearl, and Skylar McBee. No, no, Dane Bradshaw and 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 Dane. They're um, they're on the their first team all Caucasian. Brian Williams, maybe. Now that's where we're getting into the good stuff. Brian Jawan Smith, Duke Cruz. Um, God, what Ramar Smith? I think he killed a guy. That was, a, that was an all star crew. That was just some. Those were some bad men. Wayne Chisholm, Weezy F, Baby. Those uh, those. 
That was a lot of all name teams. Good, good man. You're taking me back. You're taking me back, man. Do we even want to go into Scotty Hobson territory? Oh, son. <laughs> the good old. I can smell the barbecue. Good job. <laughs> Those were the good times. So you're going with Lofton here, huh? I got to go with Chris Lofton. Knockdown shooter. It's a shame he's not in the league. Well, it's uh, it's been a little while. I think our uh, our minds are playing tricks on us. How old is Lofton at this he's point? He's got to be. I mean, he's got to be. You think he's pushing forty? Uh, I don't. We're gonna do a fact check live on air here. I mean, he's upper thirties. So, so what's your final guess here? Thirty-eight. Thirty-four. Surprisingly. Well, I mean, you got to think he's twenty-one leaving college. He's uh, he's. Born in 1986, last played at Tennessee in 2008. God, who's who's he play for right now? Um, well, here this is this will be our last uh, trivia question of the day. Let's see if you can guess what country he plays in right now. Um, Kazakhstan with Borat, <laughs> South Korea, South Korea, close second. Yeah, the the Seoul SK Knights basketball club. We got to get Chris Lofton on the podcast. You think so? I think we can make it happen. I'll I'll have my people reach out to him. He's had an interesting run here, uh, judging by his Wikipedia. He's been all over the place. He's all over the world. Just like he's been in talk. Turkey. He's been in Spain. Um, he came back and played a little bit in Iowa. Was he ever in a G League? Was he ever on a G League team? I don't think he was. Um, so it looks like, yes, he, for 2010 to 2011, he played for the Iowa Energy, um, which was, uh, the Timberwolves G League team. But then after that year, he went to play in Russia. And he's probably made a heck of a career out of that. To be oh, honest. I'm sure. You know, maybe one day, um, maybe one day we'll bring him back to UT. You think so? Oh, he's got the baggy shorts on in the picture and everything. Classic. Oh my gosh, that's just uh, that's some uh, some old time memories there. He he was our Randall Cobb. I don't think any school in Kentucky wanted Chris Lofton, and uh, he ended up coming to Tennessee and being the goat. I think that was Chris Lofton. He uh, yes, he was. Um, Kentucky basketball, the whole thing. Yep. And then uh, one of the greatest coaches in Tennessee history brought him in. Who's that? Buzz Peterson. God. <laughs> he was friends with Michael Jordan, I, he- I heard. Yeah, I heard that too. It, would, it wasn't because of coaching acumen. No, but he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. It seemed like everybody loved Buzz. Yeah, Buzz Ball. We're going down the, the Buzz Peterson wormhole here. We better get to the last advertisement before we end up. Ab- absolutely. Before we end up with Jerry um, Green. So, so let's go ahead and wrap all this up. Let's jump into our news and notes. Um, any uh, news or topics we need to cover before we get out of here today? Just another good week of high school football. We'll talk about it on Thursday. Guys, share this on Facebook, share it on Twitter. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you may listen to your podcast at. Uh, we sure would appreciate it. And any five-star reviews you can leave us. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, I do have some future homework for you and the uh, the listeners out there. Uh, one of our uh, cut to the chase questions next week is going to be, what are your top five sports stadiums or arenas that you haven't been to? 
Uh, so as a teacher myself, I always enjoy giving some homework for the week. Uh, think about that, Chase. That'll be your question on next uh, Monday's podcast. Uh, thank you to everybody out there who listened today. Really appreciate it. Please, like Chase said, share and subscribe. Uh, iTunes is the best place we can be. We're working on some swag for some people. Uh, so if you go over and drop us a five-star review uh, and give us a few comments about why you love the podcast, you may have a shirt in your future. Uh-oh. Um, we got to so, get swag. So uh, Chase is working on that as we speak. Uh, hopefully we have that to you in the future. Uh, other than that, though, I uh, hope you had a great weekend. hope you have a wonderful week this week, and we will talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>